0: Good afternoon, evening, or morning, whenever you uh, find your way to listening or watching this, uh, the Northeast Ball Rush is back. I'm Omar, as always, joined by my co-host John of uh, the Big Northeast Pod. John, how's everything going?
1: Pretty good, man. We're just
0: talking college basketball is in full swing.
1: We got obviously college football coming down to the uh, to the home stretch here, and you know some real um, conference races going on. So. This is my favorite time of the year for sports-wise, so I, I I can't be happier.
0: Absolutely, I mean I agree. I've never been a huge college basketball guy. I'm I'm gonna try to get into it more this year. But huge opening night with a bunch of upsets, as we were talking about beforehand. And of course, uh, you know, you got to love the bowls. Um, you know, bowl season heating up and uh, projections heating up as well. Um, which I mean, of course, is what this pod is for. So I guess let's get right into it. Uh, the biggest college football news. Um. I guess, arguably of the weekend, and I mean, and I guess uh, an underrated storyline was Phil Jerkovic's return, and I guess BC's return, I I remember you messaging me during the game that reports of BC's demise were greatly exaggerated, (laughs) uh, according to uh, Shane Battier, so in these final three games, yeah, yeah, these final three games, uh, what do you think BC's ceiling is, um, I mean, honestly, I think that they can even beat Wake Forest. That's just my opinion. But uh, I want to hear yours on where this BC team, I guess, stands for the rest of the year.
1: Yeah, I think the the most likely scenario is two and three with that loss to Wake Forest wins over Georgia Tech and and Florida State. Uh, Dracovic came back. His stat line didn't look great. But, I mean, obviously, you know, he's shaken off a lot of rust. What do you have? He went seven for 13, so only threw the ball 13 times. 112 yards one interception actually had a lot more rushing yardage than I would have expected nine carries 65 yards and a touchdown so I guess he can't be that hurt if if he's able to get back to form I think they have a really good shot against Wake I still think Wake probably wins that game but you know never say never I think even if he doesn't get all the way back to form BC's probably favored over both Florida State and Georgia Tech so you know, that, that puts him in, in a pretty good spot.
0: I agree. Um, it's interesting. You mentioned Georgia Tech for this weekend. Uh, Georgia Tech right now is a two-point favorite. I'm not sure if um they're giving the Bobby Dodd a home edge right now. Kind of a funny line. But um, but yeah, I think I think if if anything, it was more um the weather than I think uh Russ on Dracovic Dracovic's part versus stat line because Virginia Tech's quarterback struggled as well throwing the ball. Um, but I think this offense is even more dynamic, obviously, um, not just because of Dracovic, but I mean, Pat Garwell, who on the broadcast, they said that, well, he was pretty much an unknown commodity, an unknown commodity, excuse me, um, before Dracovic got hurt and they had to lean on him. Like BC teams have passed, felt like the Steve Adazio era again, where it's just, you know, hand the ball off and see what happens. But, uh, you know, with that balance, it's great. And, um, it's great for them. And honestly, I think Wake Force is kind of vulnerable really too, with, um, uh, what we saw on defense the past two games, whether it be army or North Carolina. So we'll see then too, but uh, I think a nice two out of three to end out end the year would be great for them. Um, what do you think this does for their bowl destination? Do you think it improves it? Or do you think BC is sort of destined for uh, whether it be the pinstripe or the Fenway bowl?
1: That's a good question. I could see them going two and three and still going to, to the pinstripe or Fenway. Uh, they go three and three. I think that probably bumps them up a little bit but uh, yeah if it's two and three eh, depends on how everything else shakes out, but I think Fenway or, or pinstripe is pretty likely for them. And honestly I think I'd, I'd rather see them in the pinstripe just get a little bit of a change of scenery and and you know go up against a uh, a big 10 opponent.
0: For sure. Um, I I do agree. I agree with that. Even though I think there is a bit of a possibility that, I mean, improves their standing for the ACC sort of out of market bowl, but bowls like this year being the uh, sun bowl. I mean, I guess every year for the sun bowl and this year being the holiday bowl, but um, I can also see a team like Clemson grabbing up those spots this year. But uh, yeah, I I mean, I agree that they are pretty destined for the, uh, for the pinstripe bowl, which I guess as uh, redundant as, as it may seem Maybe we're destined for a Boston College-Penn State rematch, like the 2014 game. <laughs> but uh, I guess, uh, I mean, money talks, honestly, in those situations. So, I mean, do I have a problem with it? I guess not as much. But uh, I guess moving on to our next topic, uh, looking at some projections, ESPN seems pretty hard set on Maryland going to the guaranteed rate Bowl out at Chase Field. Um, and interestingly enough, one of their opponents in those projections is Texas, uh, which is an interesting thing to note because for the big 12 selection order, they have a, a more structured order where, um, I mean, it's not really a pool, but it's just uh, every bowl selects after one another, like without any shifting in it. So the Guaranteed Rate Bowl has the sixth pick of Big 12 teams, counting, when the, counting the New Year's Six. So it goes Sugar, Alamo Bowl, cheese it Texas, Liberty, and Guaranteed Rate, which leads me to believe that if Texas is bowl eligible, that none of those bowls would pass. the am selecting the Longhorns. Um, as it stands right now, who do you see being uh, Maryland's opponent in the Guaranteed Rate Bowl if they indeed get sent to Chase Field? I've seen some projections
1: with the Kansas state. I've seen some projections, yeah. With, uh, Texas, uh, maybe a, and even a, a wazoo as a kind of a wild card opponent coming in there. So I, you know, your guess is as good as mine on that. I, I don't know a ton about any of those teams. I know a little bit more about Texas than the rest, but, um, you know, it's, uh, yeah, kind of a, an interesting race out there in, uh, in the big 12. We'll see. Uh, it does, it doesn't seem like Oklahoma or Oklahoma state is going to get, um, into the college football playoff. So more than likely that kind of bumps everyone down, uh, you know, a rung, but yeah, who knows what's, what's going to happen towards the end of the year. If Oklahoma sitting there is one of the only undefeated, maybe they get just kind of slotted in by default.
0: Yeah. I mean, certainly, um, I don't know. I guess the more uh, we continue to ride out Oklahoma, the more it motivates them, and uh, they continue to win. Which I mean, I totally see them going like twelve zero too, as well. Uh, with o- I mean Oklahoma State, they don't—they're not really a November team. Uh, Baylor, same thing too. I mean, it seems like Oklahoma's Baylor's number, especially uh, if you consider twenty nineteen with uh, that Baylor team blowing the twenty eight three lead. So. Honestly, I feel like a OU playoff appearance is uh, is in the cards and kind of destined this moment, especially with uh with Oregon looking kind of shaky at times. But um, I guess going back to to the bowl situation with the guaranteed rate, something it's interesting to note is if the Big Twelve does not uh, have enough bowl eligible teams for that game, then the Mountain West would send one of their top teams. Which in that case, uh, it, w- it would be interesting because I think. Well, I, I mean, while well, I would think that uh, San Diego State would be a good pick for that one, I think uh, the Los Angeles Bowl would grab them up for a USC. Or, I mean, shoot, shoot I want to say U- USC for that one, but I don't know if they'll be bowl eligible. But um, granted, the the Los or the Los Angeles Bowl for um, I guess geographic proximity for that one. But uh, next up on, on uh, my selection list would probably be Air Force, even though they had went to that bowl game in 2019. Um, talk about a contrast of styles with Maryland spread and air force's triple option. And uh, I guess another odd quirk that would be, um, and I'm gonna call it a half. I'm gonna call 2020 a half season. In the past two and a half seasons, that would be Air Force's third game at an MLB ballpark, with uh counting last week's uh Commanders Classic game at the at the new Globe Life Park uh, for the home of the Rangers, uh, which we'll talk about a little bit more next. But uh, but yeah, any thoughts? I guess on, on that side of things with the Mountain West, like how Maryland would match up. Well, well excuse me about how Maryland would match up with uh these Mountain West teams.
1: I I think it would just be, I I don't know what it is. Maybe it's my bias, but I'm, I I, I love seeing East coast, West coast uh, battle going on, you know, (laughs) a little, uh, harken back to the old, uh, East coast, West coast hip hop days. So I would love it. Um, you know, I know air force isn't exactly on the West coast, but, uh, you know, they're in the mountain West. So, so we'll count it, uh, to me, anytime I can get, I can get a service academy you know running a triple option in a bowl game particularly against an east coast team I, I don't know why maybe it's just a weird quirk of mine but i'm I'm all for it
0: yeah i mean shoot you're i guess you're in the minority in terms of triple option because like whenever the coaching rumors come out and someone mentions like kenny amatalolo or literally any option coordinator people lose their stuff and i just don't get it like is winning not attractive no matter what the style is? but <laughs> Anyway, that's that's a different topic for me to vent on. I'm um, I mean, I'm glad they're like that because uh, that means that Jeff Monken's going to stay at Army forever. Uh, hopefully, unless Kansas has another change of change of heart and uh, actually hires Coach Monken. Uh, yeah. That was a huge scare this past year. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I, I'd be in
1: agreement probably with with most of the fans. Is like I wouldn't want Penn State or you know a team that I was rooting for to start running the triple option unless they kind of had to out of necessity. But uh, I love watching it. I love, uh, especially watching it when it's not against my team, and you know we don't have, you know, two uh, hundred and sixty-pound offensive linemen, you know, running around taking people's knees out and things like that. So,
0: <laughs> well, I mean, I agree on that. From because I mean, because it's Penn State, though, there will never be a situation where like they have to run the option. But if you're like a UMass or a UConn, where like that's yeah. kind of like the last resort, and you're at that point, and like as a program to do that, like. What, like why not like I, I mean why the resistance i mean for sure anything to win right for sure I'm,
1: I'm in support of like diversity of play style across the board as many different you know types of play style that we can get the more fun the game becomes and and pretty much every sport you know when everything just looks cookie cutter to me i'm it's like eh you know it's still fun like i still enjoy the sport but you know if we can get if we can get option teams in there we can get spread teams going if you know I, you know, started hearing about, um, I think it was um, a couple of these, a couple of basketball teams. Um, I think it was Bellarmine. That's like, they basically try not to dribble. They just try to pass instead. Um, Wazoo now actually their basketball team is running like basically a money ball type of a situation out there trying to capitalize on that. So anytime you can get stuff like that going, I'm, I'm all for it. I'll, I'll, I'll devour any content I can find on, on like obscure play styles and, and, uh, strategies.
0: I mean, now I'm interested, um, I, I guess into Bellarmine, but, uh, I kind of wish it was any other school of Bellarm- Bellarmine because, uh, they uh they beat Army in the shoot, which one was it? Was it the CIT or the CBI? Whichever, whichever third tier postseason basketball tournament happened, because one of them got canceled. So um, yeah, Bellarmine beat Army in the first round. So I mean it's kinda of, kind of a sore spot. Um, but I guess if that that worked for them in that tournament and you know, it works for them in the in the A Sun, um, especially with the A Sun getting weaker with Liberty leaving, then you know, I I mean I'm I'm all for diversity to play, of course, like even in college basketball. Um so yeah, I guess moving on to our final topic, I guess kind of teased it. Uh, try to make some smooth transitions. But our army had a huge win at the Rangers Ballpark uh, in the Commanders Classic over Air Force, which means the CIC is staying at West Point no matter what happens against Navy. In the, uh, in the, I don't want to jinx it, in the, in the unlikely circumstance that that we lose to Navy and their anemic option this year, I think uh, their quarterback Ty Lovitai, is averaging two yards a carry and over 100. I was going to make a joke saying that he was uh, probably the toughest quarterback in the country, you know, averaging two yards per carry an option offense. So you have to be tough. But, um, yeah. but yeah, so it seems like their opponents, I guess, might have been upgraded after this win. Like if you look at the change from week nine to 10 and uh, my, my good friend James from Brigade Review uh, tracks every week. Week nine, you had opponents ranging from Texas Tech to Washington, UAB and Utah were some of the notable ones, and uh, also Wyoming and Western Michigan on, on the lower level. Um, after this week you had the Arizona Bowl with Fresno State which is kind of interesting because I'm not sure where army would fit in that one with that one being a Mac versus um excuse me Mountain West game Texas Tech West Kentucky and middle Tennessee which I absolutely don't want as a as an army fan it's kind of not attractive to me, not, 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 not appealing. Uh, San Jose state in the first responder, and then coastal Carolina, even in the Myrtle beach bowl. So do you think this win against air force being a marquee program in the mountain West helped Army's bowl, um, I guess, bowl outlook opponent wise, or do you think it just won't matter in the end?
1: No, absolutely. I do. I mean, they were. One of the tougher teams on the, on the schedule. You know, certainly of, of the remaining schedule when we were talking about this last week or two weeks ago, whenever it was. And I want to point out, by the way, I had called this. I was very confident in an uh, in army uh, winning against uh, air force. Uh, they didn't win. I thought it was going to be more of a, more of a high scoring affair. They didn't win in the manner that I thought they were going to win, but uh, eh, I'll take it. So yeah, I absolutely think this is going to boost their, um, their bowl projection. I think they probably went out aside from that Liberty game. Which uh, Liberty's Liberty's gonna be favored, but uh I think Army's got a shot in that one too. Um so yeah, I, I think my preferred matchup for Army would be um probably that Myrtle Beach Bowl with uh, Coastal Carolina. We get the uh the mullets versus the high and tights, you know, we could could do a lot of memes about that. Uh just um yeah, I, I think I, I don't know exactly where Army's gonna fall in, in terms of uh in terms of bowl projection, but say, yeah, say we have them winning out aside from the Liberty game. What does that put them at eight and four? Do I have that right? Eight and four. Yep. Okay. So, I mean, that's about, you know, kind of what we were, were thinking, uh, at least what I was thinking. I can't remember where where you fell in that camp. Uh, so, you know, where, where the bowl projection ends up. Yeah. Whether it be against Western Kentucky, whether it be coastal Carolina, Washington, whoever, I think those are all pretty good, pretty good, um, draws for army.
0: Yeah. Um, I agree. And I want to note that, uh, yeah, you were the confident one surprisingly. I mean, not me after what happened with wake forest, uh, two weeks ago, I think that is even a bigger statement for, uh, for Sam Hartman's Kaisman case for him to be able to drop 70 on army. And then the next week army turns around and allows only 14 to air force in overtime. Um, so that's, that's just, that's my little soapbox there. Um, so I, I think, um, I w I guess I would like coastal Carolina. I mean, I would like that one. I do agree with eight and four because, um, the the back end of Army schedule is uh, is kind of it's kind of almost laughably soft. They have Bucknell and they have UMass and um, I guess I'll let you in on like a little thing with uh with Navy Twitter. I mean there there's some there's some Navy Twitter folks that were when when the American was at its peak. I mean it still is I guess as a conference, but they would argue that Navy plays influential football in November, which I mean they're not wrong. Well, Army plays Colgate and uh, Lafayette, I think I think that happened uh, my sophomore year there where they played our, uh Colgate and Lafayette in back-to-back weeks while Navy was um I mean that was it that was Navy's three in tenure but Navy was playing I mean American Conference schools and as a fan you're like dang I don't want to play Colgate and Lafayette in November I mean in the peak of of the the season but um, I digress with that um I guess in terms of opponent, I don't know if they place Army against Coastal Carolina in in Myrtle Beach, which I mean I would love to see that. And you mentioned a uh, Moltres High and Tights. So I had to show my own high and tight too, I guess. Uh take off my hat for that as, as a joke. But I think uh I think ESPN owning um, the many bowls that they do will find a way to pair coastal with like a UTSA or like some middling school out of the American, whether it be like Memphis, which in terms of Memphis, I think army might've played themselves into playing a team from the American, whether it be Memphis or East Carolina, Uh, because I think they match up well with those schools. I'll have to check the Sagarin ratings, but East Carolina should roll in at like six and six out of the American Memphis, maybe like seven and five off to check theirs, but they just had a huge win against SMU kind of a down year for them. Um, I mean, they're not—they're not like in the New Year Six ranks like they usually are. So why not play them against the Service Academy? Why not use this game as a measuring stick game for Army? So that's ideal for me. I do think a Power Conference team is out of the equation. Um, it might not be, um, given that um, you know the Armed Forces Bowl, how much they love Army. But as an Army fan, the Armed Forces Bowl gets kind of old. So I bet they look elsewhere with that one. Uh, but I mean, I'm in general just—I'm in general agreement with you that this win helped their bowl prospects. Uh, but my ultimate pr- uh, prediction is we get an American team as an opponent sitting at eight and four with uh, especially with how top heavy the American is. Uh, shoot, I mentioned Memphis. I would love UCF honestly, um, with UCF being the biggest brand in the. Yeah, I guess I guess arguably the biggest brand in the AAC, and um, you know it'd be nice to beat the the twenty seventeen national champions if given the chance. So yeah. For sure, man.
1: I, lo- I like a lot of those options, but one thing I will add for your. Um navy uh twitter beefs is that i mean you got to be looking real nice now that the uh that the american is uh jettisoning you know their top teams because like, all right you know if they're going to give you crap for playing colgate and bucknell in november eh, it won't be too long before they're playing you know who is it rice and uh north texas and whoever else like at that rate as a northeast guy i'd rather be playing bucknell and colgate
0: I mean, I love the history of those games. Uh, I absolutely love the history, and I will note it's not exactly a beef, just a difference of opinions in a scheduling philosophy <laughs> and everything. Um, and, and, and shoot, you mentioned Rice. Like, I, I do love, I do love uh, our academic peers. I love those series when whenever Navy plays Rice or Tulane. Um, love when we play Tulane. So I mean, but yeah, I guess Charlotte, FAU. I mean. And even then, like uh, that's that same guy that I referenced, uh, James from Brigade Review, he mentioned that with the AAC, with the American going to 14 teams, it's probably likely or I mean, it's, with, it's in their interest to go to nine conference games. And that means that Navy has literally no scheduling freedom because they have the early series with Notre Dame. They have the Air Force game. They have Army. So with the nine conference games. And um, the the academy games and Notre Dame, there's just no scheduling freedom, and things could get pretty old pretty quick for uh, for Navy fans. Which I mean, I hope it's not the case. I mean, I I'm all for scheduling freedom, but it it is a possibility for sure.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I I keep saying, you know, I want, I want to get us a uh, like a, a northeast independent football conference that we can get. I don't I don't know if Army would ever have any interest in joining, but. You know, if that American conference breaks up, you know, Navy Navy and Temple get fed up. We already have UConn, Army and uh, UMass uh, Independent up here. That's that's a lot of a lot of scheduling to go around right there. I mean, add a a couple more teams. You know, maybe not a conference, but like an independent scheduling
0: alliance. Eh, Wouldn't be the worst thing ever. I mean, I agree, and I guess uh, as we close, um, sort of bring basketball into this. Like, do you think Temple would benefit from that? I know the the money's in the American, but I've I've heard uh, John Rothstein talk about um, Temple just belonging the A10, uh, them being out of place in the American, especially now, which does definitely does not look like a basketball conference. Uh, I mean, at the moment it looks like maybe a two bid in some years, but I mean, this league's looking like a one bid league. I think for going forward, after all the after all the change, do you think Temple would? would I guess fit in some independent alliance and then going back to the A ten and being with I guess their peers in college basketball? Uh,
1: I mean I, I just don't think the money makes sense for that. I would I would like to see it personally, but uh you know I think the the A ten is paying out like three hundred grand per year. You know, even if Temple goes independent in football, gets some buy games, you know, they're you know they get a couple million from that, maybe, you know, a little bit from, you know, whatever sort of uh TV deal they can they can get. So, you know, they're staring at, you know, maybe maybe three million all in, whereas they're making seven from from the American right now, even if that goes down, you know, a little bit, you know, they're they're still coming out ahead by several million. I, I just don't think it makes sense unless and until, you know, that either goes down significantly or the American breaks up even further, which I'm sure is going to happen with with Memphis and maybe maybe SMU who, who knows what who, what else is going to happen. But I don't see the Americans staying together for, for very much longer. So I think Temple is going to have to leave sooner or later. Right now, do they want to just keep collecting that check? I mean, if, if the A-10 isn't going anywhere, then why not just keep collecting the check and wait, until, wait until, the, uh, until the money dries up? But if the A-10 says, hey, either come now or never, then, uh, then I'd, I'd probably make the move if I were Temple.
0: Yeah, no, I know I agree. I mean, the A-10 is looks like one of the more stable conferences. I can't remember when the last time they were poached, uh, aside from the uh, the start of the new Big East, and I don't even know if they were poached that much, aside from I guess Butler. I mean, but that was a very temporary thing. Um, so, yeah, no, I, I agree with that. I just wanted to take on that with the, the whole Northeast, the whole, I guess, uh, the whole dream of, uh, of a Northeastern conference returning. The, I guess I call it the yeoman farmer's dream because it's something that, uh, <laughs> that is like, like like Jefferson's dream of the yeoman farmer. And I'm getting into my U.S. history background. With Jefferson's, with Jefferson's dream of the yeoman farmer, it's something that time passed by very quickly. Same thing with the Eastern Conference. It seems like there's no need for it, but it's just, it just harkens to days past, um, which I'm all for agree man maybe one day maybe one day we'll get that yeoman farmer going <laughs> maybe one day and i guess with that note with that a very nerdy history note i guess uh we'll you know say say see you later till next time and you know soon enough i guess we'll be reviewing these bowl these bowl selections rather than projections uh but until then we'll just keep throwing darts um and as always i'm omar for uh northeast bowl rush joined with john and anything final to say before uh, we sign off Oh, sir, I'll let you have the last word. All right, cool. I mean, I got nothing else. So until next time, peace, love, and soul.